Here's how I want to kick off the series. I want to start off the series today with a message, two words, my focus, two words. Get started. Get started. Kind of a foundational verse for this series. If I was to kind of pick a verse to say this is kind of the, the, the thrust of the series, here it goes. I want to share it with you. In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things. Come on, all of our locations, everybody say, greater things. Greater. Now say it like you really mean it and believe it. Say, greater things. Greater. That's what Jesus said. He says, you're going to do greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Powerful. Jesus said, I'm going to the Father, and if you believe in me, you will do greater things than I have done. And here's the dilemma. Here's the, the real issue is most people don't believe the words of Jesus. That they don't believe that God wants to do greater things through their life. They, they've settled for a mediocre life. They've, they've settled for an average life. They, they've given up doing greater. Matter of fact, some of you today at our locations, you're, you're here at church and, and today you don't even have a desire inside of you to do greater. You're just kind of just going through life, just surviving. You don't even desire to do greater. And that's not God's will. God's will for every Christ follower is he wants to do greater things through your life. You know what? As kids, we start off believing greater. When you talk to a little kid and ask them what they want to do, I mean, they're, they're dreaming big. They got big dreams. I remember when I was a little kid, man, I was dreaming about being a professional athlete. I was going to play professional baseball. And matter of fact, I got my junior high pictures from back in the day. Check this out. Little League and junior high. Come on, somebody. Watch out there. Watch out. Watch out. Come on, check out my basketball picture. Look at them rolled up socks. Come on, somebody. Hey. Hey. I was a trendsetter, somebody. Where are all my 80 children at? Come on, you know, roll up them socks. You know what I'm saying? The sock game. I was dreaming big. I was going to be a baseball player, a basketball player. I, I was dreaming these dreams as a kid. And a lot of kids, when they're little, you talk to a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to go to the moon. I'm going to travel all around the world. How? I don't know, but I'm going to travel all around the world. I'm, I'm going to cure diseases. Which ones? A lot of them. You know, you talk to kids, they're just dreaming. I'm going to go be a missionary. Where? Where are you going to be a missionary? In eight different countries at the same time. <laughs> kids are dreaming big, but all of a sudden when, you know, people get around high school age, they stop dreaming big. They start getting limited in their dreaming because of what people have said to them or, or perhaps because of what happened in their life and, and they quit dreaming God-sized dreams. You know what happens? People stop believing they can live greater. And I want to quickly share with you four roadblocks that stop us from living greater. Four roadblocks that, that are, hinder so many people, that block so many people from living greater. That The first roadblock is this, the craziness of life. It's a roadblock, the craziness of life. Listen, friends, a life has a way of distracting us from living greater. This week I was meeting one of my cousins at a coffee shop. 
I had already arrived at the coffee shop and I had already sent him directions to the coffee shop. So he was, he was driving to meet me at the coffee shop and he ended up calling me to talk while he was driving to the coffee shop. So we were talking and he had directions and he was headed my way. And as he was getting closer, I said, hey, now at this light you're getting ready to come up to, be sure to turn left. The coffee shop is right there on the corner. Just turn left. He said, I got you, cousin. I, I'm, I'm, I'm headed that way. I'm, I'll be there. I'm right at this light. I'm getting ready to get to the light right now. And we were talking. And the next thing I know, I'm thinking, man, where are you? He said, I drove right by. He said, is this what you were talking about? No, you went through the light. And because he was talking to me, he got distracted and he missed his turn. And that's what happens to so many people. God has a turn for them to turn them right into greatness, but they get so distracted by problems. They get so distracted by pain. They get so distracted by the busyness of life. They miss God's turn into greatness. It's amazing how many people miss the turn because life can be distracting. And God is saying, I got greater for you. I want to do more through you. I want you to do greater, but you're missing it because of the craziness of life. Number two is this. A second roadblock is disconnected living. Disconnected living. You see, there are some people that don't see that what they're currently doing won't get them to where they want to go. I'm going to say that again. There are some people that they don't see what they're currently doing won't get them to where they want to go. Now, now, they desire greater. They, they desire to do more. On the inside of them, they know that there's more for their life, but they can't put their finger on what's holding them back. They can't figure out what's keeping them from doing greater. I call this living disconnected. When you know there's more and you have a dream, but you can't put your finger on the roadblock that's keeping you from living greater. And, and, and they, the people just can't see it. They can't see that their attitude is a roadblock. They can't see that the way they treat people is a roadblock. They can't see that where they're spending their time is a roadblock. They can't see that their thinking, how they're currently thinking, is a roadblock. They can't see that their friendship choices are a roadblock. Listen, if you hang out with chickens, you're going to cluck. If you hang with eagles, you're going to fly. How many know eagles don't take flight lessons from chickens? Some of you are hanging around the wrong people and you're wondering why you can't live greater. Disconnected living. Number three, a third roadblock is bad habits. And some of you know today that you have some bad habits that are that's stopping you from living greater. And yet you won't change or some of you feel like you can't change. You got a bad habit, maybe it's bad thinking or bitterness or addictions or, or just laziness or at night you just stay up late so you can't function the next day. And you know you got bad habits and it's a roadblock to living greater. Let me give you a fourth roadblock and that is procrastination. Procrastination. One of the most difficult things about living greater is actually getting started. Come on, everybody say, get started. It's a roadblock. At some point you have to move from talking to action. You have to move from planning to pursuing. You have to move from contemplating to chasing. Come on, everybody say someday. Say it one more time. Say someday. Understand this, church. Someday is a disease that will take your dreams to the grave with you. Someday. I'm going to get started someday. I'm going to do it someday. 
Someday I will. No, friends, you got to move forward. You got to get started. I even think about your spiritual journey. Next week, we're, we're talking about, man, we're going to baptize people in water. Some of you, listen, quit delaying. Stop procrastinating. Today, following the service, drop out in the lobby. Sign up. Get baptized in water next Sunday. Listen, getting started is so key to living greater. And I want to give you three areas to get started living greater. I want to talk to you from the life of Joseph. Let me tell you that these three areas have impacted my life big time. I'm personally connected to these points. If you want to live greater, you got to get started in three areas. Number one is this, get started dreaming. Get started dreaming. Let's look at Joseph's life in Genesis chapter 37. Verse number five says, Joseph had a dream. Those four words right there are very powerful. Joseph didn't just have any kind of dream. He had a dream from God for his life. And friends, understand this. God has a dream for your life. God has a dream for your life. God has a dream for your marriage. He has a dream for your future marriage. He has a dream for your singleness. He has a dream for your children. He has a dream for your future children. He has a dream for your grandchildren. He has a dream for your career. He has a dream for your money. He has a dream for your health. God has a dream for your life. God created you with a purpose and for a purpose. You have to understand God has a dream for your life. And if you're going to live greater, it begins with God's dream for your life. I can think about being in, we woke up growing up and for me it all started with a dream. Can I tell you, I dreamed about preaching to lots of people. I dreamed about seeing people come to Christ. I dreamed about traveling the world and preaching the God. It was a dream. Didn't know how it would ever happen. It was just a dream that God had given me. And I remember I gave my life to Christ. And I would go out and stand, get ready to mow the yard. And we had these pillars on the side of the steps. We had steps that came up to, to, to the porch. And, and then there were two pillars on the side. And I would stand out on those pillars. And I was supposed to be mowing the grass. But I start preaching to it. I'd preach to the grass. It was serious, church. I'd preach, tears coming down my face, that Oklahoma wind would come through that grass. The, the, the grass blades would swing, and I was, oh, they're coming to Jesus. Come on to Jesus. And that grass was people to me. I remember standing in the shower, 17, 18 years old as a teenager. I would see the, the water would come and just hit my face, and tears would be streaming down my face. I'd be preaching to the water. I'd be seeing the water as people, thousands of people coming to Christ. I mean, I dreamed about what I'm doing right now. It was a dream in my heart from God Almighty. It all starts with a dream. And some of you, listen, you have to stop surviving and start dreaming. You've been just surviving. You're just trying to pay the bills and just make it through tomorrow. And you got to get a dream from God for your life. He created you with the purpose for a purpose. You got to get a dream from God. Some of you got to start dreaming again. You stop dreaming. You're just surviving. You, you, you used to dream as a kid. You used to dream as a teenager. You used to dream in your 20s. And listen, you have to start dreaming again. It all starts with a dream. Joseph had a dream. Number two is this. Get started taking steps of faith. Taking steps of faith. You have to move forward. You have to do something. You have to get started if you're going to live greater. 
Let me take you to Joseph in Genesis chapter 37, back to verse 5. It said, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Now, telling his brothers his dream probably wasn't the wisest thing to do. But here's what I love. I love the fact that Joseph did something. He took a step of faith. He didn't just have a dream from God and do nothing with it. He took a step of faith. He, he told his brother. He began to act out on the dream that God had given him. And, and, and then what happens, if you're not familiar with the story, his brother sold him into slavery. And he was taken to a foreign land called Egypt. And he began to work in Potiphar's house. And even in a foreign land, he began to take steps of faith. He kept moving forward and chasing the dream notice this in genesis chapter 39 verse 3 says this when his master saw that the lord was with him and that the lord gave him success in everything he did notice that he gave him success in everything he did not everything he just dreamed he did something god blessed what he did he blessed his steps of faith even in a foreign land, verse 4 says, Joseph found favor in, the eyes and be, in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household. Notice, he was taking steps of faith. And he entrusted to his care everything he owned. You see, at the age of 17, that's when Joseph had this dream. He had a dream that one day he was going to be a powerful leader. He was going to be an influential leader. That was the dream that he had. And now he finds himself in a foreign land working for Potiphar. But you know what he kept doing? He kept taking steps towards his dream. He started leading in Potiphar's house. He started leading right where he was. Not where he wanted to be. Right where he was. And then as he's leading in Potiphar's house and taking care of the house, Potiphar's wife accuses Joseph of rape. He's thrown into a prison for a crime that he did not commit. And I want you to notice what Joseph does in the prison. Genesis chapter 39 and verse 20 says, so the warden put Joseph in charge, notice this steps of faith, of all those held in the prison. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. Notice this steps of faith responsible right there in the prison the warden paid no attention to anything under joseph's care because the lord was with joseph and gave him success in whatever he did notice there's not just whatever he dreamed he did something he got started he moved forward god blessed his steps it's not where he wanted to be but god was blessing his steps even in the prison even when he was facing adversity even when he was facing setbacks joseph kept taking steps forward he kept taking steps towards his dream he kept chasing his dream he had a dream of being a powerful influential leader and he did not wait for ideal circumstances to get started Friends, he got started right where he was, in the middle of the prison. You see what, friends, if you're going to see your dream come to pass, if you're going to live greater, you got to start taking steps of faith right where you are. you got to quit waiting for ideal circumstances. Take steps of faith right where you are. I mean, that's what I did. I started thinking about standing on the porch, preaching to the grass, and then my youth pastor gave me my very first opportunity to preach to our youth group at age 17, and I took that opportunity, and I preached my heart out. Come on, for every bit of seven minutes and 22 seconds, you know what I'm talking about, but I, I preached my heart out, and, and I was taking steps of faith, and wherever they let me preach, I'd go preach. I'd drive somewhere and preach. Nobody was paying me. I'd just drive, and no matter where, 10 kids to preach to, and I'd go preach to those 10 kids, and I'd preach to those 10 kids just like I preach today. 
I just been faithful right where I was. I was just taking steps of faith. And then I left my football scholarship and I went to get a Bible degree, a biblical studies degree, and a psychology minor. I went because I was just taking steps of faith. I felt a call of God on my life. I had a dream in my heart. I was just taking steps of faith. I still got big dreams today. We're not done as a church. There's dreams that God has laid in my heart for us to go for, to take more ground, to take the, to take the devil, kick him in his face, and reach more people for Jesus Christ. And we're taking steps of faith. And I'm telling you, church, you have to take steps of faith towards your dream. Right where you are, take steps of faith. Well, pastor, you don't understand what I'm going through. Take a step of faith. Well, you don't know who hurt me. Welcome to life. Take a step of faith. You don't understand the problems I have in my family. Well, welcome to having family. Take a step of faith. You don't understand the struggles I'm having at work. Listen, take a step of faith. Well, you don't understand my financial issues. Take a step of faith. Everybody who lives greater takes a step of faith. You can't live greater unless you get started, unless you move forward, unless you take steps of faith. Number one, get started dreaming. Number two, get started taking steps of faith. Number three, get started living a generous life. Living a generous life. Joseph achieved his dream because he lived a generous life. He lived to give, not to get. Winston Churchill said it like this. We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. And Joseph made a life by living generous. He lived greater because he lived to be a blessing to others, not to get but to give. Let me tell you his story if you're not familiar. Let me connect the dots with you on how he began to live greater. Joseph was thrown into the prison. And when he was in the prison, he was taking care of the prison. He was getting elevated in the prison. He had responsibilities. He became the leader over the prison right underneath the warden. And as Joseph was in the prison, he met a couple of guys the baker and the chief cupbearer, they were working for Potiphar and they got thrown, or working for Pharaoh, they got thrown into the prison. He heard that they had a dream and you know what Joseph could have did? He could have just dismissed those guys. Man, I'm busy taking care of the prison. I don't have time to fool with you guys. I'm in pain myself. I'm in a foreign land. I don't deserve to be here. I'm in a prison for a crime I didn't commit. I don't deserve to be here. I don't have time for you guys. And he could have been bitter. He could have taken a selfish posture. But Joseph didn't live that way. He lived to be generous. And so Joseph said, hey, tell me the dream. And then Joseph not only took time to listen to those guys' dream, but then he interpreted the dream for them. And he said, listen, chief cupbearer, you're going to get restored back to your position with Pharaoh. He said, man, if you would, would you just remember me? I haven't committed a crime. I'm here, and I don't deserve to be here. And so the chief cupbearer goes back to Pharaoh, and he forgets all about Joseph. And a year or two later, Joseph is still just in the prison, and, and all of a sudden, Pharaoh has a dream, and, and nobody can interpret the dream. And now the chief cupbearer remembers. I remember a guy named Joseph, man. He, man, this generous guy, this guy, he took time for us. He interpreted our dream. He said, well, get, call that Joseph fellow up here. And Joseph gets cleaned up. He comes in front of Pharaoh, and I love what Joseph does. You see, most of us would have said, hey, king, king, king. Man, I'm in that prison, and I shouldn't be there. I've been waiting to talk to you. But he wasn't about himself. He didn't live to give. He, li- he didn't live to get. He lived to give. 
He lived to be a blessing to others, so he listened to Pharaoh's dream, and he interpreted his dream. And here's the amazing part of the story. A man, Pharaoh, who had never met Joseph, hears him interpret his dream, sees this man living to give, not to get. And Joseph's generosity was the catalyst to him seeing his dream come to fruition. Joseph's willingness to be a blessing to Pharaoh literally took him from the prison to the palace and now he finds himself second in charge of Egypt. Friends, can I tell you, don't you take for granted living a generous life, living to be a blessing to people because what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. But you got to live generous. You got to live to give and not to get. You got to be other people minded. You got to live to be a blessing. That's exactly what happened to Joseph. And I want you to hear what Pharaoh says to Joseph in Genesis chapter 41 and verse 39. It says, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater. Come on, everybody say greater. Will I be greater than you, Joseph in charge of Egypt? Friends, Joseph was promoted to be greater than everyone else in Egypt. Why? Because he lived a generous life and it propelled him into greater things from the Lord. Verse 41 says, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. And check this out. This is so, so important you understand his story. And right when Joseph became second in charge of Egypt, the first thing that he did, because he interpreted Pharaoh's dream, and here, here was the dream. The dream was that there was going to be seven years of abundance in the land. And then there was going to be seven years of famine. And now Joseph is large and in charge. He's important. He's controlling all of the food supply. But you know what Joseph did? He says, you know what? I'm not living just for me. Not only in my time will I invest my time to interpret dreams, not only will I be a blessing to others with my time, but I'm going to use these resources, not just for me, I'm going to leverage these resources to take care of thousands and thousands of people. So he stored away food during the seven good years so that he could be a blessing and provide for people when the famine came. Joseph was a man who lived to give, not to get. He lived to be a blessing for others. And if you want to see your dream come to pass, if you want to live greater, you have to live to give, not to get. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 25 says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. Here's what I've learned about generosity. You and I will never live a generous life on accident. It's never on accident. When it comes to our time, we don't live a generous life with our time on accident. You see, many of you serve. You, you're on the dream team. You, you're leaders in our church. You're giving away your time. Some of you serve every single week on the dream team. You, some of you serve, serve biweekly on the dream team. Can I tell you, you're not giving away your life by accident. You're not making a difference by accident. It's on your calendar. 
It's on your schedule to be generous. It's on your schedule to make a difference because people who live, not, not just every once in a while help somebody out, but people who live a generous life, they do it on purpose. They do it intentionally. It's on their calendar. It's in their schedule because they're living to be generous. Some of you go to the city rescue mission faithfully. You, you go to a women's, uh, a women's home faithfully. You go to a children's home where there are hurting children and you go there to minister faithfully. It's on your calendar. It's on your schedule because people who live generous they don't do it by accident. They do it on purpose. Even when it comes to the area of our finances. Friends, we don't become generous by accident. We live a generous life on purpose. It is intentional. And let me tell you something about your pastor. I can't talk about you, but let me tell you about me. My natural lean, my natural being bent is towards selfishness. It's my, natural, my natural lean is to think about me. And so I have, to, I have to be intentional. Tiffany and I are very intentional about living a life of generosity. We do it with our time, our talent, and with our treasure. How do we intentionally live to give, not just to get? It's got to be a priority. Or you know what will happen? We'll live to get. And then we'll miss out on living greater. We'll miss out on what God has for us. We'll miss out on the dream because we made it all about us. And it's so easy when it comes to our time. It's a whole lot easier. People say, yeah, I'll give away my time. You start talking about people's money? Oh, Lord, no, uh-uh. No, thank you. I will be selfish in Jesus' name. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm the same way if I'm not intentional. So I, I've become a percentage giver. I've become, you know what, my wife and I are going to give our life away. Let, let me just minister to you. Let me just talk to you about my own life on how I've just learned to become pers a person who's living a generous life. My wife and I, we have what we call budgeted giving. Budgeted giving. We give away a percentage of our income. So we're tithers. We believe in tithing. So my wife and I, we tithe. So 10% of our income, we, we, we give away to, to God. We, we believe the tithe belongs to the local church, and it's in our budget. But then my wife and I, we have a, a, what we call our, 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 our just giving. We just want to be generous, and we give to dream builders. This is money that we say, you know what? We're not going to go out to eat with this. We're not going to go to the movies with this. We're not going to go buy clothes with it. We're not going to go on vacation with it. This is because, listen, my natural lean is towards me. So we got to put in our budget. And so we put in our budget to be generous towards the Lord. And we give to dream builders and we give to other organizations outside of our church. It's in our budget because we have to be intentional if we're going to live a generous, a generous life. Here, here's what happens. If you're not careful, you can believe that you're generous. You can feel like you're generous and not really be generous. You see, here's how I can measure my generosity, my wife and I, is we want our percentage to be going up not going down. So we're looking at our percentage. 11%, 12%, 13%, 14%, 20%, 30%. And my, my wife and I's desire is to be, a, be at a place sometime in our life where we can give everything away. That's where we want to be. We, we, we want to be there where we can just get, we want to live to give, not to get. How can we be a blessing? How can we live greater for God? And so we do it on purpose. It's in our budget. And if you don't do that, here's what happens. You will feel generous, but when you really look at the percentage, you're not generous. But you feel generous because you're like, well, I helped somebody. I gave them $50. 
Well, I gave $50 to the hurricane relief. And so you feel generous. But when you look at your percentage, it's staying the same or it's actually going down. And we're not really living this generous life. And my wife and I have said, you know what? We're not going to live a selfish life. We're going to live to give, not to get. So not, not to get. So we have budgeted giving. And then we have what we call faith giving. Faith giving. And that is simply we want to hear from God and be able to respond to his voice. So we have our finances in such a way throughout the years. Before we started People's Church, we've just always lived beneath our means. We spend way less than we bring in. We always have this as how we live our life. So why? Because we believe we want to live to give, not to give. God, get. God has called us to be a generous people. So we're always looking. God, speak to our hearts. And it was about a month or two ago, a friend of ours was going through a, a financial struggle. And he made us aware of it. And he wasn't pressuring us or asking, but we live to give. And so we, we want to hear God's voice. And God spoke to our hearts. And we were able to bless our friends with a $2,000 check. Tiff and I just were able to write out a $2,000 check and be a blessing. Why? Because we're not living to get. We're living to give. How can we make your dreams happen? How can we be a blessing to you? How can we further your vision? I mean, that, that's just our heart. Matter of fact, some of you don't know our story. The way we started People's Church, there'd be no People's Church if we didn't live to give because we bought the equipment. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Y'all weren't here yet. Amen. That's what we did. We, we just said we're living to give. We're, 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 we're so, we believe God, we're going to see lives change. We're going to advance God's kingdom. We just live to give. Our, December is always our month of and our miracle offering as a church, our miracle offering always helps us to see more changed lives. It speeds up the vision of the church. It helps us to reach more people and minister to hurting people. So we always pray during the miracle offering every single year. We're already praying now. Because why? Faith giving. God, you speak and we want to hear and we want to respond to your voice. So we pray every year. And every year, my wife and I, above our tithe, above Dream Builder, we, we just give, we give, we give, we give thousands of dollars because we've just positioned ourselves to say, God, we want to hear from you. We want to respond to your voice. We do not want to live just to consume and eat it and buy more for us. We want to live to give and not just to get. And people's church, I want to encourage you to live a life of generosity, to live, to give, and not just to get. If you're a guest with us today, if you're first time here, I want you to hear my heart today. I want something for you today and not something from you. You don't know me today. I want you to know what I'm talking to you about. I believe it with all of my heart. I live this in my life because I believe generosity unlocks the door for our dreams to come to pass. And when we make it happen for others, God will make it happen for us. And I want your dreams to come to pass. I want you to become a generous person. Here's what I want you to do. In the back of your seat back pockets is a generosity card. I want everybody to grab one there in the back of the seat. Would you grab one? I just, if, you, don't, you don't have to plan on giving anything or anything. I just want you to be able to see the card and, 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 see, and see how you could be generous and see what we're doing. So everybody grab one, if you would. If you're on the front row, come on, tell your person behind you, hand me that card. Would you help a brother out? Would you help a sister out? Would you just ask them to give you a card? Would everybody grab this card, this generosity card? Because I want you to begin to pray and to think about how can I live greater. And you'll see there, you can write your name and information and all. And uh, in a few moments, the, the offering bucket passes by. You can just make a generosity commitment because it happens intentional, not by accident. We don't drift into generosity. It has to be on purpose. And on this card, you'll see a, a place where you can commit to tithe. You can commit to give the dream builders above your tithe. 
But I'll tell you who I want to talk to today. You'll see where it says the first box, I commit to be a life giver. A life giver is somebody who brings life to others, that brings hope to others through Jesus Christ. A life giver. And here's where I want to just minister to for a few moments. There are many people in our church and in churches all around the world who never get started living generous. They just never get started. They're never consistently generous. They never have it scheduled, budgeted to say, I'm going to be generous towards God. And right now, here's what I want to just say. If you're, if you're there, you say, Pastor, I don't tithe. I don't give consistently. You might even feel generous because you help people out here and there, but it's just not consistent. Here's what I want you to do today. As you read this card with me, and it says, commit to be a life giver, giving at least $20 per week online through a scheduled recurring donation in the amount of, and you can determine the amount. I told the team, I asked the team, I said, put down $20 because I believe everybody can start there. Everybody can get started there, $20 a week. And I say, man, get online and schedule it where it's scheduled to just be taken out. Why? Because you want to be consistent. You want to have it budgeted. You want to be intentional about learning to be generous. And I believe this with all of my heart. If you'll get started, if you'll get started, you can work your way to tithing. But I'm just saying today, get started living generous. The doors were open to Joseph to experience his dreams because he lived generous. He lived to give, not to get. And you just got to get started. Everybody who has done greater things have one thing in common. Here's the one thing. They got started. Abraham left his home. He left his father and mother. And he went to a land that God had not even shown him. And he just got started. Started. I think about Moses on the backside of the desert for 40 years. And Moses, God said, go back to Egypt and lead my people out of that slavery. And Moses just got started. And he went back to Egypt after 40 years. I think about Noah. Noah grabbed some wood because God said, build a boat. So Noah just got started building a boat and built it for 120 years. I think about Nehemiah. He went and said, King, can I go back and rebuild the walls of my people? And he went back to his homeland and he got started building the walls. I think about Joshua. He just started marching around the walls of Jericho that very first day. He just got started. I think about the 12 disciples. They left everything to follow Jesus. And they just got started. They just started moving forward. And some of you hear me today. You got to get started dreaming again. You got to get started today. God has a dream for your life. Get started. Move forward. Get started by taking steps of faith. You have to take a step of faith. Quit waiting for ideal circumstances. Get started taking a step of faith. Get started living a generous life. Get started and watch what God will do in and through your life. Jesus said, my desire for you is that you would do greater things than I have done because I'm going to the Father. God wants you to live greater and to chase your dreams.